to the Train Your Mind podcast. I'm Vanessa Forrester, and I teach athletes how to up-level their performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. Your next breakthrough performance is closer than you think. Are you ready to train your mind like you train your body? Stick around, and I'll teach you how. What is up, athletes? (sighs) Okay, I apologize for the delay in releasing this episode. Recording is getting a little bit tricky around here because my neighbor is redoing her house foundation. So there are loud trucks around my house, like literally all day. Um, So this is going to be kind of a fun little project (laughs) for the foreseeable future, but we'll figure it out. Um, I actually, when she approached me and said like, Oh, I'm going to be redoing my foundation. It didn't even phase me. I was like, Oh, that's fine. Cool. Like good for you. My office is in the other side of the house. Uh, until I was about to hit record the first time and realized, Oh, okay. I'm going to have to do something different here. So hello from my basement. (laughs) You might still be able to hear a little bit in the background. I don't think it's loud though. So it'll work. I am happy to be back on the podcast after my race in Coeur d'Alene, which was a blast, just as I set up for it to be. I have missed racing on that course so much, and I'm so proud of the race that I put together. The plan for this year in Coeur d'Alene was to race, to bike especially, to bike aggressively. And I can put a big old check mark next to that. So I wanted to bike aggressively and then hold on for the run, which I did. I raced that bike like I never have before, and I ran really consistently off of it without even looking at my watch. I was in the effort all day, and it felt so good, so good. And I crossed the line with my first sub five, 70.3, and it didn't even cross my mind when I lined up that I may go sub five. But now it's fun to think about, thinking back to 2016 and 2017, when I used to like idolize others going sub five on that tough course. And now I'm one of them. But the truth really is, is that I've been one of them for a while. And now I just have the result too. Results are not something to be chased, but energetically created by who you are being. It's so important to remember that. We live in a society that favors doing and productivity. So we get caught up in the how, like these sessions on these days, this amount of volume at this intensity all measured by, you know, a slew of metrics. And all of that is reinforced through our traditional coaching relationships, which isn't a problem, but it's your job as the athlete to prioritize the relationship you have with yourself and making sure that you are in that mind-body connection all of the time. All right. So that brings us to today's episode. I'm excited to talk about another layer of the concept of micro quitting. I have felt called to do this episode for a little while now, and it's time. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Uh, This episode is meant to be a bit of a follow-up. It's not like replacing the original micro quitting. It's just like a follow-up or a sort of sister episode to the OG micro quitting episode. As I mentioned when I did the um, MVP episode, that episode is by far my most popular, which really speaks to what's keeping a lot of athletes from their goals and something that's really important to me to always speak to, 
which is the power in and the strength in knowing you aren't alone. I think in a world of social platforms, it's easy to believe that everyone has, you know, the secret and, and is doing everything perfectly, but that is never true. We're all just a collection of souls walking around in meat suits with human brains having a human experience, <laughs> which includes struggling with a lot of the same things. So if you are a serial microquitter, the first thing you must know is that you are not alone. But that does not give you permission to keep microquitting so that you never have to grow. Right? Growth is a basic human need. So your desire to grow has to be stronger than your brain's desire for safety. You have to be willing to feel fear and nerves and a sense of being scared and do the uncomfortable thing anyway, which sometimes is as simple as getting out of bed at a certain time. So since the original release of the Microquitting podcast, I've done a few talks on it, plus written an article for Women's Running. And I seem to hear the same... Um, like argument of sorts against the idea of microquitting. It's not really an argument as in just like a opinion or feedback or, you know, people's own personal experience. And that's what I want to address today because it's definitely um, valid and it comes up in my coaching. So I almost want to kind of share here on the podcast, the way in which I approach this in coaching when it comes up for people. Okay. So that was very (laughs) nebulous, but you'll understand once we get there. But first things first, if you ever notice yourself feeling like defensive of sorts based on something I offer here on the podcast, I want to share two options that you have. Okay. The first one is if it honestly doesn't feel true for you or doesn't land, then just let it go. (laughs) Not everything I share here will be relevant for everyone. This podcast is a reflection of my own lived experience and the collection of athletes I've been lucky to coach, and a lot of them relate to my story in one way or another. So what I teach is never meant to make you stop listening and honoring yourself. Okay, so that's first and foremost. Second, with that being said, there's also the other side of the coin. If you are feeling defensive, it could be for a reason. Often the emotions of defensiveness shows its face when we have internal work to do. It's like walking into a dark room and shining a light in the corner and bracing yourself for what you might find. If you don't like what you find, yeah, you could turn around and walk right back out. Or you could use that flashlight of yours and explore more. This concept of micro quitting and the additional information I will share today is meant to help in that exploration. Okay? So Now we've created the space for us to kind of meet in the world of micro-quitting awareness. That's where we are now. And from there, we will add a layer. So the million-dollar question that I want to answer today is this. How do I know if I'm micro-quitting or just listening to my body? Okay, how can I make sure... I'm not using micro-quitting to create less mind-body connection when it's meant to create more? Or how can I make sure I'm really listening and not just talking over my body's signs? Those are a couple other versions of the same question. But really the one that I hear, the feedback I get is when people say, oh, but I'm just listening to my body. That's why I skipped this run or you know, slept in or, 
you know, took a couple of days off or whatever it is, um, or change the amount of rest in my workout or shorten the number of intervals. Okay. So let's actually run through this in an example. For example, let's say you planned to run after work. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Instead of making up an example, let me just use an actual example from someone I coach. When we first started working together, she knew she wanted to make a drastic change in her training consistency. She wanted to elevate her goals, but knew she wouldn't really be successful in that if she was always choosing to work long hours instead of train. And she had a pattern of doing the easier thing, which was staying at work over the harder thing, which was creating a stronger training habit and building that self-integrity. But after we got to the root cause of what she was believing about herself that led to the micro quitting, she made changes so quickly. It was actually quite incredible and felt the benefits of that almost immediately. And just by showing up for herself, at least as much as she was showing up for others. Okay. So she created a new pattern and was really proud of that, but she still has sessions every now and then that she misses because hello, we're not robots and she works in healthcare. And so she's on her feet basically all day. And I can remember us talking about two different days, two different sessions, right? One, when she had a run to do after work and decided to skip it. And another one, when she had a run after work and started it later in the evening than she ever has before. So what's interesting for her is learning how to be this athlete that prioritizes her training and now is super hyper aware of when she might be micro quitting, right? And then it comes down to that question of, is this a micro quit or am I listening to my body? So on the day she skipped the run, she did so because she was very tired from a full day's work and knew she had another session like in the next morning, like directly, you know, after a night of sleep and then getting up and training again. And on the day that she ran late, she did so because she knew there was nothing really keeping her from running except the slight inconvenience in the time of day. So for all of you, maybe you are like my athlete where you've made a huge change and you are learning how to continue to hold yourself accountable, knowing that old patterns might resurface. Or maybe you've been injured in the past and you're being mindful of the load you put on your body, or maybe you don't quite trust yourself yet to know if it's micro quitting. So how do you make the call? How do you know if skipping a session was the right call, or if it's a micro quit? What if there was a sort of filter you can run it through? That's what I want to offer. Here's the filter. The way you know is by understanding the difference between body awareness and self-awareness in this particular context. So body awareness is how conscious and connected you are to your own body. It's the really real understanding of what's happening in your body, right? What are your fatigue levels? What are your body stress levels? How much sleep are you getting? How are you fueling and hydrating? Are you doing that properly? There are all of these things to pay attention to. And if you let those go for too long, then they can lead to your body being run down for a session. Body awareness comes from listening to your body. Seems simple, right? But sometimes your mind chatter gets in the way of what your body is trying to tell you. So listening is step one and trust is step two. 
And that part really, really matters. And we're, that's the part, that's the step that most athletes miss. You are the only one in your body. You are the only one with all of the information. So use it wisely to bring you closer to your goals, which sometimes means more rest. Distinguishing body awareness from self-awareness, though, is the key because sometimes that mind chatter can work the other way where you are healthy and rested, but your brain tries to convince you that you're not. And again, the more you practice tuning into your body, the more you'll be able to know when you're just feeling fatigue and need to show up anyway. So for body awareness, the thing to do is listen to your body. For self-awareness, the thing to do is listen to your emotions. The clearest sign that the choice you made was a micro-quit is if you feel regret or guilt afterwards. Because when you have cultivated a sense of self-integrity by doing what you said you would do when you said you would do it, and you don't follow through on that, it doesn't feel good. Your self-trust fractures just a little bit. But when you make a call to rest, when you know for sure your body needs it, your self-trust grows. It's strengthened by taking care of yourself and your goals. Body awareness is the knowing of what your body needs. Self-awareness is the knowing of what your mind and emotions need. And the answer there is whatever's going to help you not avoid discomfort. It's to move forward in the direction of discomfort, knowing you must trade both physical and emotional discomfort to reach your goals. But listen, micro-quitting doesn't feel good. And not micro-quitting doesn't feel good either. (laughs) So choose your discomfort. You might as well choose the discomfort that's bringing you growth and is challenging you to show up differently so you can create new results for yourself. That's it, my friends. That's it. Okay, so if you, as you go out into the world, into your training, pay attention here. Use this filter of body awareness for self-awareness to really get curious and understand if you are in fact micro-quitting. And when you're not micro-quitting, when you make those choices in support of your growth, no matter how uncomfortable they might be, please, please, please celebrate yourself. Celebrate that progress. See it. It's really important. If you want to create that new pattern and that new neural pathway and that new way of being, you have to celebrate that as that celebrate that as part of who you are. All right, that is it for your follow-up micro-quitting lesson of sorts. And remember, if you've been considering joining my Train Your Mind for Next Level Performance coaching program, applications are open now and they close on Sunday, July 10th. Our first session is next week. The link is in the show notes to learn all about the topics that I will be covering over the 12 weeks, all of which are specifically designed for everything that I see athletes like you struggling with that keeps you from creating the results that you want on and off the race course. Let's do this. Link is in the show notes. Hey. It's me again. If you want more juicy tips on how to train your mind, hop on my email list. The link is in the show notes. As soon as you join, I'll send you the 10 triathlon truths your tri coach hasn't told you. And then I'll drop in your inbox weekly with new tips that will change the way you train and race. See you there.